Welcome to Fat Mascara. I am Jess. I'm Jen. I'm always Jen. So we've got a great show for you guys today. Because the studio... It could be, it could be today, but it's nighttime here. Yeah, but the studio's cooler. It's cooler. Things it's getting dark cool. out earlier. Yeah, we're cozy, cozy. <laughs> so I want to talk about things. All right. Um, what we got? First up, hotel sense. You guys know what we're talking about. When you work, you walk into like a hotel property. Well, not everyone's going to the hotels that we get to see Even with beauty. And any hotel. There is a... There is a smell to Howard certain Johnson's hotels. got a smell too. Okay, we're not talking about Howard Johnson's <laughs> smell. We're going to talk about lovely. I hotels. love Hojo. Hojo, no hate, no hate, <laughs> no hate on Hojo. Okay. Then the new cult cream. Did I grab you with the headline? Yes, I like it. Okay, and a little bit of housekeeping. Just checking in with you guys, our favorite people in the world. So stay tuned for that. And then our guest. Oh my gosh, this man, what a mensch! He stayed in our studio while he was like sweating bullets. That was last week. We recorded yeah, this last. We recorded week. this last week and before our studio like air situation. Got- <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, we cannot let him leave. We have Dr. Adam Kalker. He is one of the most sought-after surgeons, plastic surgeons in the country. He is known as, like, the boob guy. He okay? is the boob guy. The boob guy. He's based here in New York. He can make him smaller. He can make him bigger. He can solve your problems. He can give you a whole new lease on life. He's such a nice guy, too. Um, he was he so was great. the best. And afterwards, I just have to, like, I have to share this behind the scenes. Yeah. I said to him, he was like, wow, that was really hot. I wasn't sure I could do it. And then I said, well, you're in surgery all day long. He's like, well, there's someone to wipe my brow sweat when I'm busy doing <laughs> surgery. And I was like, oh, God, we need, like, a brow sweat wiper person. I love this person. man so much. I'll, I would have wiped his brow sweat. I didn't know he would be cool with that. He was... God, I just love this man. <laughs> and you got a lot of information and shared some yeah. interesting things about your own personal history that I think yes. people really respond to. Listen to this. I'm sure if you if you don't have boob issues, I'm sure you have a friend who does. So um, be a pal and check this one out. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of Fat Mascara is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. Therapy is a safe space to get those things off your chest. Plus, it can help you develop coping skills that make your life easier. I will give you an example. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you've probably heard me say it to Jess or to a guest, reframe. Well, I learned that technique from a therapist. Here's an example. Now that I'm a freelance writer and podcaster, I get lonely working from home and I feel like I'm never gonna get to collaborate on projects again. And that's the truth. Reframe, I get to choose which projects I work on. So I'm in control of what I work on. And if I want to collaborate more with others, I don't have to ask anyone's permission. I can just do it. See what I did there? That's reframing. If you've been thinking about starting therapy or are looking for someone to help you process things and give you coping skills, 
Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash mascara today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash mascara. Again, betterhelp.com slash mascara. Hey everyone, it's Jen, and I have decided this is going to be the summer of uniform dressing. I'm going to have a few pieces on heavy rotation, and I'm telling you right now, they're all going to be linen, and they're all going to be from Quince. I don't know why I'm going so hard on linen right now, but it just feels right. And Quince specializes in timeless pieces made of premium fabric, and the best part is that all the Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. I am personally very into the 100% European linen pants. They're cropped and easy. There's even a cute pinstriped version. And when I wear them, I look like I just stepped off a yacht. Do I have a yacht? No. Do I know what yachters wear? No, but that's the vibe. The linen pants come in sizes extra small to 3X and they're less than $40. Okay, like 10 cents less, they're $39.90. But the quality is excellent and they wash really well. How does Quince do it? They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to us. Plus, Quince works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash fat mascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com, Q-U-I-N-C-E, quince.com slash fat mascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash fat mascara. Okay, guys, a little bit of housekeeping. We're always trying to improve the show. We adore you guys. We want to make this the most informational, fun, like community experience possible. And I, we absolutely love when you email us. Sorry if we don't email you all back at info at Fat Mascara to share what you liked, what you didn't like. And to ask us beauty questions. Yeah, products that like you are curious about. We want to make sure we're answering more of those questions so you could go on our Facebook group which you know about. Yeah, we have a private Facebook group, which is not so private anymore because it's very busy and you guys are highly engaged, so thanks. Um, it's called Raise a Wand. Search us out or go to our blog, fatmascara.com, and then click on the blog, and there's a link in every blog to get into the Facebook group. Yes. You could post questions there, but then everybody's going to see them. Mm-hmm. So if you prefer, it's better to email us at info at fatmascara. Info, or DM us. Or DM us. And give gets, who do you want to have on? Like we got Tiffany Masterson because mm-hmm. of a recommendation from a listener, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Um, And on that note, we want this to be interactive. We want you guys to give us reviews and tell us what you like about the show. There's nothing pissing you off in the beauty world. Like, what are your gripes? I know. I feel like once people are regular uh, listeners, they don't do reviews as much anymore. Like, listen, I know when I'm doing the Seamless app and I'm like ordering dinner and I'm like, no, I don't want to review you right now. And I don't click on it. Oh, I forgot that they send that to everyone. I was like, why are they targeting me? No, it's everyone. So if you like the show, (laughs) will you just go over to Apple? Because this helps us get sponsors and keep the show alive and make sure everybody um, knows that we're out there. Yes. Throw, throw us a review. So throw us a review. I'm you not could, saying it has to be five stars, but a lot of them are. Let's be honest. I think that, you know, you could just hop onto iTunes. You can also do it through your phone, too. Yes, so, if you can. So, yeah, just... We read every single one, and honestly, we've made adjustments to the show because of them, and we hope that, that, that this reflects that, yes. right? So thank you so much for your support. Let's carry on with the topics. 
So Jen, this was really funny. A few, it was like a year ago or something, Jeff's friends were in town and um, they stayed at a hotel downtown in like Tribeca and we're all like sitting on like this one bed. There's like six of us just like waiting to go to dinner. I forgot where we were going. And his friend says to me like, is this so weird for you? Like being in a hotel in New York. Have you ever been in a hotel in New York? And <laughs> literally before, I go to like 20 hotels. Before I could like get a, like try to explain that like. Uh, that that you're not, a high end call girl. Yeah, so was like, was like, <laughs> Jeff is like, she's in hotels all the time because of her job. And he's like, what do you mean? And I had to explain to him that, um, you know, through work, when we go to press previews a lot, we're not in a room with a bed, but we're in like a hotel suite. Um, we're often sometimes in a room with a bed, too. If it's a facialist or something like, like that. Like a company will come in they and instead of them renting a big space, they they have a hotel room. And then the beauty editors come up to like do their interviews. I have an interview tomorrow at the Nomad Hotel. It oh, happens cool. like That's I want to say hotel. like at least four hotels a week. I see. I, I'm, I, I can tell you where all the great bathrooms are in Midtown. <laughs> can you also talk about the sense Hotel fragrance. So hotel fragrance, I feel like, is something that, you know, it's very popular now. There's a great article in um, Wall Street Journal. It says, hotel scents, love them or hate them. Because it's such a trend for hotels to have their own proprietary scent. Yes. Like, so when you walk in, it's like, there's it, it's as much of a part of the identity as it is, you know, the decor or the restaurant that, you know, is attached. We did to a it. story on this a couple of years ago, Mary Claire, like all the top hotels around the world and what their scents are, because I also think it's a memory thing, right? Because you yes. want to remember your vacation or your time there and scents linked to memory. So they're going to like sell you a little shower gel or candle <laughs> that smells like the scent. Right? I almost bought the Gurney's um, Montauk Hotel. <gasps> that candle. hotel smells really it good. It smells so good, but it was very expensive. And I was like, I need to like check myself out photographs but like yeah. it was it was so beautiful now the the one the brand who i think you know i'm sure everyone might have their own opinion but the brand who i think really started this was the partnership with la labo and the gramercy park hotel like I at least 15 years ago i was going to bring that up this is a hotel in new york that you walk in it wasn't santal though was it no they have their own proprietary exactly scent for the gramercy park but hotel. it has that trail the way a la labo scent does like I think some people would probably think it's strong. It's not in the rooms, but all of their common areas are just like, they just smell expensive and niche. Very, yeah, very, it's like sandalwood. It might have some rose in it too. It's Yeah, it's not a firewood woodsy. It's just this like warm um, New York City in the fall kind of smell. Yes. Right? It's it's very, it's very comforting. It's like a hearth smell. Um, When I went to Japan earlier this year with Shiseido, we stayed at, I didn't realize, guys, this sounds very la-di-da, um, but we stayed at the Ritz-Carlton. I thought this was really interesting. They have their own scent. And I think also the Andaz, where we stayed as well, mm-hmm. they have seasonal scents. So oh, it's they like change it up. they change it up depending on like, you know, the flower of the moment or something like that. So it is um, it is definitely a trend. Oh, wait, one more. And then I'll, I'll stop name dropping these hotels, which I was very lucky to stay in. <laughs> Okay, this is a little unexpected one. And this is before I started going on beauty at our trips. At the St. Pete Beach Hotel called the Don Cesar. It's called the Pink Lady. It's like, that's like the nickname. It's the most, it's Where so is fabulous. St. Pete Beach in Florida. Because I used to do HS. Is it called St. Pete? Not Saint like Pete, St. Pete, St. Petersburg. Oh, St. Yeah. Petersburg Beach. Yeah, but okay. St. Pete Beach is like on oh, the Gulf Coast. If you're in the know. It's uh, it's such a beautiful um, area. The beaches are incredible. But I used to go... <laughs> do HSN with Lucky Magazine. That's and right. Jess, Jess was on television 
like <laughs> being the lucky magazine beauty editor. You Actually, tried talking ta- for like, it wasn't beauty, I was fashion editor. I was just going to say that. So like eight minutes of just like deer in the headlights, 4 a.m. Like, and then, and then <laughs> you can style it with a wrap, you know? But you were chill because that hotel uh, scent. The hotel scent was so gorgeous. And I remember I asked them, I said, what is it? And they told me right in the face. We're not allowed to say it's proprietary. That was years ago. Yeah. I it, bet you right now they are selling that damn scent. Oh, my God. It's so tropical. If I was any Floridians, let me know if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And W Hotel sells theirs on their website, just like they sell their bed sheets now. But I'm just saying they're all beautiful and they're designed to be like nose agnostic. Like even if you don't like strong scents, like everybody likes them. Good gift if you need a gift. Like go look for a hotel fragrance. That's a great gift. Right? Like yeah. even a candle in a hotel fragrance scent isn't going to put anyone off. The last line in this article Tell me. was really funny because it said, um, <laughs> this guy goes, rarely do you say, talking about a hotel, that place smelled great. I have to go back unless you're visiting Cinnabon. I have to say I disagree with you, sir. <laughs> Okay, Cinnabon's because gross. No, no, I love Cinnabon, but I actually do think that the yeah, if the service is terrible, if it's not clean, yeah, I'm not going back if it's even if it smells like you know roses. Oh, you're disagreeing with the other part of the sentence about. Uh, I'm saying like no, a, a scent for me is actually quite a big deal. Am I, I alone here? No, I would go. I would book a place because if I had to go back to the same city, I would book the same hotel if I like the scent. Yeah. in a second, and maybe maybe it's just us. I don't know. Let us know if it there has are any hotels you love. Of place. I've definitely written that headline and thought okay, it was me smart. Too. Me too. <laughs> okay, so every now and then a product comes along, which for some reason, sometimes it's just like unknown reason, everyone like loses their minds over and we get so many DMs like, have you tried this? Is this worth the money? All the editors who are super jaded buzz about it and like post Instagrams and say that it changed their lives. I would say this happens once every 18 months or so. Okay. Well, we saw one this, we saw in the past year. Oh, it's been I've been hearing about it from people that rep other brands or from like in the no fashion people. Yeah. Because the fashion people oh, are plugged into the beauty stuff. The fashion people, I feel like it's almost like once the fashion people I don't know if they're that plugged in. I think once the fashion people know about something, it's like peak. P- yeah, amongst like an in crowd. Yes, yeah. I felt what bad. I was like Santal with La Labo. Yeah, but I was a little late to the game. The cream that we're talking about is Augustinus Botter. Oh, I love the way you said it because I'm just like Augustus. Bon. I mean, he's is German, as as, yeah. as you know. I'm, yeah. I'm big. I'm big on the Germans. So <laughs> Augustinus Botter. So I ended up. I don't think I've ever uh, met with the brand, but a lot. Some of the girls in the office did. He's a German professor, professor and scientist, um, and he works on cell rejuvenation. And okay, I can't even me who loves science. I can't really understand all that's going on in this particular cream. But what have you heard about it? I've heard that it will, like, transform your face. Did you try it? I have tried it, but I, here's the thing, and, and full disclosure, I didn't try it for, like, 28 days straight. You're supposed to put it on dry, bare skin. Yep. And for me, as somebody who really, like, loves the ritual of, like, putting on my theorems and, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't use that many products, but I use, like, I love my Kiehl's vitamin C serum. I love my current moisturizer. Like, I feel like I have to upend my whole routine to use this. Well, I happen to do that. Here's what happened. Okay. I ran out of my usual Skin Medica, and then oh, yeah. somebody sent me a travel size. Okay. So while I was on my honeymoon, 
I was using the cream, which also I love the name. It's just like the cream. Oh, we don't need another name. It's just the cream. So the thing it has is this TFC8. It's a proprietary trigger factor complex. Um, and basically it's, it's okay. Natural amino acids, high-grade vitamins, synthesized molecules that are naturally found in the skin. It's like tricking your skin into making new skin, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. So I was just like, all right, fine. I literally but don't. But don't peptides do that? It makes more collagen? And I've used a lot of peptide creams too, but I didn't have anything else in my kit. I literally just had this for two weeks straight. Okay. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be so dry. Yeah. I'm going to get some of my, sometimes I see um, redness and lines coming back when I don't use my epidermal to, growth to, factors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. <laughs> I was glowy AF. The thing the thing that I don't get is that it's like I feel like just one moisturizer is not enough moisture for me usually. Yeah. So did you top it off? No. I didn't. Oh, wow. But it was. It's enough moisture, but it doesn't trigger breakout. It's enough like activeness without making me like sensitive. And I also didn't feel like my lines were like I I just felt well, you good. Do, you do look very good. Well, so that's the thing. I knew that time that you said to me, you were like, what did you do? And this was before I got a re-up on my needles and my Botox. Okay. Yeah, right, right, That right. was right when I was running out of the, the bada. I realize this is not a scientific analysis, but the same thing happened about a week after I complimented you. I saw my friend who is a beauty publicist for breakfast, bright and early, harsh light. And I thought, oh, my God. I'm like, I've known this girl for 15 years, and she's never looked better. She's got, like, you know, she's a mom. Like, she just, like, she, it was weird that she looked like she was 24, okay? <laughs> she looked really good. I was really mad. And I said, yeah. what are you doing? Okay. <laughs> That's your response. I'm yeah. mad. I'm mad. I'm like, what is she doing? And she does not rep, like, Botter. And she said she's been using it. I know, I know. And she's like, it's amazing. So, that's what happened at um, what my happened magazine. A girl in the fashion department had talked about it, and then all the other people were buying it. And it's it's a pricey cream, but because her her acne actually went away, which is funny because it's not known as like an no, acne product. Not but I claim. think when you do cell renewal and your skin cells turning over in the way that they're supposed to, it's almost like adaptogenic in a way. Like if you need more moisture, it gives you more moisture. If you're too oily and acne, it gives you less. Trust me, the company and the professor would probably freak out if they heard me explain it that way. But the people that I know that use it all have very different skin and it sort of balances and perfects everybody's skin. It's kind of like just one, like one and done kind of products. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I can't rank it against other creams and say like this one is doing something that none has ever done before. But I do. I think it's a good cream. I haven't used it consistently enough. But seeing how how you looked and seeing how my little buddy looked, mm-hmm. I think I might give it a go. If you guys have tried the cream... Please let us know what you think. Do you think it's hype? Do you it's think like it's, it's like getting Biologique Recherche kind of vibes or oh, like totally. Le Mer back in the day. Vintner's Daughters, another one. Yeah. It's a cult. It's getting a cult status. Yes. Let us know what you really think. Summer is fast approaching, which means it's shapewear season. Just kidding. It's really wedding season. But I just got an invitation to a wedding in Philadelphia. And guess what I'll be wearing? Honey love. I'm not sure about the rest of the outfit or the dress, but the shapewear is going to be honey love. Here's why. Honey love has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating when you're wearing shapewear. Plus, they have lingerie-inspired design details that you'll want to show off, and all their fabrics are breathable to keep you nice and cool, which is perfect for hot days. Let me tell you a story. I remember being at a wedding, this was a few years ago, pre-Honey Love, and I wore a jumpsuit, and I wasn't sure if the bathroom door locked well, but I had to take off the entire jumpsuit and then roll down the shapewear to pee, and I was like holding onto the back of the door at the same time, completely naked in the bathroom, and it took so long, and I caused this whole backup of the bathroom line, and after that, I was like, never again. Until Honey Love came along. 
Honey Love's Superpower Shorts have a 100% cotton gusset so you don't have to wear underwear underneath. And there's a convenient opening in the underwear area so you don't have to take off the whole thing to go to the bathroom. It's so easy. Honey Love products make you look good and feel good. Whether it's for a wedding, event, an everyday boost of confidence, Honey Love is the perfect plus one. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash mascara. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash mascara. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Honeylove.com slash mascara for 20% off. The summer vibes are just getting started, so shape your life with Honey Love. Hey everyone, it's Jen, and I have decided this is going to be the summer of uniform dressing. I'm going to have a few pieces on heavy rotation, and I'm telling you right now, they're all going to be linen, and they're all going to be from Quince. I don't know why I'm going so hard on linen right now, but it just feels right. And Quince specializes in timeless pieces made of premium fabric, and the best part is that all the Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. I am personally very into the 100% European linen pants. They're cropped and easy. There's even a cute pinstriped version. And when I wear them, I look like I just stepped off a yacht. Do I have a yacht? No. Do I know what yachters wear? No, but that's the vibe. The linen pants come in sizes extra small to 3X and they're less than $40. Okay, like 10 cents less. They're $39.90. But the quality is excellent and they wash really well. How does Quince do it? They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to us. Plus, Quince works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash fat mascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com, Q-U-I-N-C-E, quince.com slash fat mascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash fat mascara. Okay, everyone, I am one of those people who, when it comes to wellness, sorry, but it's got to fit into the pockets of my day. Five minutes here, seven minutes there, when I'm like in the kitchen and I'm microwaving something long, it's got to be convenient. And that is why Aloe Moves works for me. My mindset has changed. The app makes it easy for me to keep my wellness routine on track because they have everything in one place and bite-sized little bits. Yoga, Pilates, fitness classes, mindfulness, self-care tips, healthy recipes, so much more. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flow or class that's going to fit into your schedule. Their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day. You know what feeling I'm feeling most days? I'm feeling 10 minutes. I've been doing that's Joanna good. Thompson's. Right? That's about it. Yeah. That's good. 10 minutes. Joanna Thompson does these yoga lattes in 10. One day will be abs. One day will be arms. Today, Jess, is booty day. And we're just (laughs) going to get it done all in 10 minutes. If you're trying to get a good sweat, then you've got to try their award-winning workouts like the sweat-inducing yoga flows or the reformer Pilates workouts without weights. You can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, learn to do dry brushing. How many times have we talked about dry brushing on this podcast? Aloe Moves will teach you how to do it. Unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use the code MASCARA20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. Hey, 
We are here with Dr. Adam Kalkar. He is a double, double board certified. Not sure what that means, but I'm going to ask you in a second. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Double board certified plastic surgeon. He is also the associate clinical professor of surgery at the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai. And he knows about all things boobs. Okay, he does all the surgeries. But it's boobs we, we, are really your specialty. We brought you on to talk about breasts specifically. That's true. That's yeah, that, true. We have, today is the breast day. Today is the breast day. Okay. Welcome. This is Welcome the topic to I love. I love this topic so much. First of all, what does double board certified mean? So there's a certification by the American Board of Plastic Surgery, um, which uh, I hold. And uh, all plastic surgeons are required to have that type of certification. I'm also certified by the American Board of Surgery. Uh, which was another surgical fellowship, uh, residency and fellowship that I had done previously. That's in general surgery as well. We're going to get to this later. This topic is very close to my heart. No pun intended. <laughs> um, I am a breast reduction survivor. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I had a huge boob since I was like 10. And I just, I, I feel very emotional about this topic. And I'm still really obsessed with like my boobs. So, and I know that other people are listening feel the same way. Yeah. So before we get into questions for you, and we want to talk about you and your career, I thought it would be important to talk about what is normal breasts? What do normal breasts look like? And I even using the right terminology by saying, quote unquote, normal. Uh, Normal breasts are defined as whatever somebody feels comfortable with, really. That's probably the most appropriate way to define it. Um, There are a lot of times where we have, um, you know, uh, a sense of what a normal or natural breast looks like based on what society tells us it should. Um, But really, it's when one feels comfortable in one's own skin, that's when the breasts are normal. Um, Most often what we talk about with normal breasts is that there's a certain degree of roundness, usually in the lower pole or the lower hemisphere of the breast, um, with a little bit of a slope in the upper portion of the breast with a nipple position, meaning the nipple areolar complex that sits somewhere in the neighborhood of about the halfway point between those two, about 50 or 55% the way up from the bottom portion of the breast. And that is still a huge range of what breasts look like, huh? Between in there, no, they could have anything. No question. And it, and it yeah, it, um, yeah it, there are a tremendous number of, of permutations and combinations and variations on that theme. Okay, before I ask you about then what makes someone go uh, to have a breast augmentation for medical reasons versus aesthetic, can I just like ask... How many breasts do you think you've seen in your lifetime? <laughs> so the answer like is pairs. the the, an- the answer is a lot. <laughs> Multiply by two, uh, whatever yeah, he says. It's going to be an even number, like in, in the thousands, right? <laughs> that's it, thousands, thousands. Okay, yeah. so then sometimes we hear about people getting um, a breast surgery and the insurance paying for it because it was for quote unquote medical reasons. What defines what is a medical change to a breast versus a cosmetic change to a breast? No, that's an excellent question. Um, most often medically covered procedures or surgeries that are done for the breast have to do with something that has some form of physical or emotional um, uh, uh, debilitation or or problem that's associated with it. Most often, um, the, um, the breast conditions that we see are breast enlargement or breast hypertrophy when the breasts are large. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing that you'll also um, see very commonly is breast cancer. And those are the two main procedures that are covered by insurance. And that's when you have a clinically significant impact of a breast condition that, um, you know, that becomes more medically necessary uh, for treatment. And you do both of those types of surgeries, imagine. How did this type of plastic surgery become 
one of your specialties. Like no, people tell me, like you know, he's the boob guy. guy. He's the yeah, he's the boob guy. Yeah, no, it's a fascinating question. So you know, in actual fact, I'm an everything guy. So one of the beauties <laughs> of being a general plastic surgeon, um, and which is one of the reasons that I chose this specialty, is I. Nothing is off limits to me, meaning I can operate literally from the top of the head to the tip of the toes. Um, but breasts are fascinating um, because it's an incredibly sculptural undertaking. And it's also an incredibly life-changing um, process for the individual that mm. goes through it. Okay. And then what about, okay, so I hear what I've heard about you. I've heard like, oh, he does these amazing breast augmentations. But I have to ask, as somebody who is about to have a child, tell me about a breast lift. What's the difference? <laughs> What's the difference between go. breast lifts and breast augmentations? Yeah. So breast lift um, is something that addresses position, meaning that when the breast uh, position or shape um, needs to be modified, uh, the breast can be lifted or enhanced in that way, but it doesn't necessarily refer to the volume or the size. Breast augmentation um, uh, refers to improving or enhancing the size of the breast. So most often when you think about going from an A cup to a B cup, that's a breast augmentation. If mm -hmm. you think about going from a breast that has a degree of droop to it mm -hmm. that you want to make more perky, that's a breast lift. So you're not adding anything in, but you're like you're like kind of like when I stand in the mirror and I like pull them up. Well, you like, can. Like well, that. what you're doing in the mirror, if you're not uh, envisioning yourself with a size change, that's going to yeah. be a lift. Okay, got it. Yeah. Um, and we have to talk about this because I feel like this is still such a taboo and I want to like blow the lid off of it. I'm right ready. Here, what, is it? what is it? Asymmetry. Excellent. Oh, yeah. Like, like, does everyone have it? Is it just like an unlucky few? How bad can it be? So the interesting thing is asymmetry is the rule, not the exception. Mm. And the vast majority of women have some degree of measurable asymmetries. So what, and I hate to use the word normal because we don't want to make anyone feel like they're not normal, but what is like a common asymmetry? Like one's a B cup and one's like a full B or one's a B and one's a C. Like what, when do we have, a, I don't want to say a problem because I don't want anyone to feel when like When are people coming problem. to you because they are unhappy yeah, yeah, with yeah. Yeah. asymmetry? It varies dramatically. And again, it goes back to that self-perception um, issue, meaning you may see someone who has virtually unmeasurable asymmetry, who's as close to identical um, as possible, and they notice tremendous asymmetry. And there are some women that come in with an A cup on one side and a D cup on the other and want something else done. Would insurance um, cover that? Because that's that's So the answer, is may, the answer is maybe, maybe. So one of the things that happens is insurance in 2019 is a little bit tricky in the sense that you really have to document something clinical. And what that means is a failure of conservative management. So oftentimes, um, patients will need to justify to their insurance carriers that there's something that has um, that, that that they have that has a physical impact. So if it's something where the asymmetry is so severe that they have back pain or something along right. those lines, then that's something that may be covered. And then there's another slightly tougher path to that, which is justifying it from a psychosocial perspective, meaning that if there's a real emotional impact, um, that uh, that that may be covered. But one of the you know one of the the most difficult things is there really is a very gray area between cosmetic and reconstructive, mm -hmm. or or medically necessary and something that's purely elective or um, or aesthetic, um, and it does also depend on the insurance carrier as well. 
I went on your website because your before and afters are fascinating, as are all before and afters. And just within the breast section, there was like seven different types of surgeries. Besides the augmentation and the lift that you mentioned, what else would people be coming yeah, to you number. for? Um, so breast- Maybe not seven. I don't know. I didn't count. I'm sorry, Dr. Yeah. Coker. <laughs> well, there, there are three main ones if oh, you think okay. about it. Um, one procedure is um, making breasts larger. The other procedure is making breasts smaller. Mm-hmm. And another procedure is lifting them. So those are sort of the three okay. fundamental mental um, uh, foundational procedures that one would do on um, uh, on the breast. Um, breast augmentation by far is the most common of all procedures that are done in the United States. Um, it's the most common cosmetic or elective surgical uh, procedure. Really? Um, yeah. It's over 300,000 women in 2018 had breast just augmentation. Just in one year? Just in one year. Which means there's like millions of women out there that have had breast augmentation. Millions is right. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Millions and what are they using right. to do it? I don't know. Excellent question. (laughs) So the most common uh, way to achieve a breast augmentation is with an implant. And implants come in two main forms. One is a silicone implant, and the other is a saline implant. Both of the implant types have a very similar shell, which is the shell that contains the fill. The fill can be either a silicone gel um, or saline water. No, I was going to say, in actual fact, they're very... Um, subtle differences between the two. And I think that uh, we can talk about the, you know, wh- why one would choose a silicone versus a saline implant for, or vice versa. Um, but um, uh, there are many more similarities than there are differences. So remember like when in the press it was like still everyone's silicone implants were leaking. Is that something that is still a problem for the silicone, you know, people who opt for that, that type of implant? So any implant can leak. And what you may be referring to is in the early 90s, there was a moratorium that was placed on breast implants that kept silicone gel implants in particular, right. silicone implants off the market until November of 2006. This happened to my mom's friend and then yeah. it ruptured. And they can. And the early generation silicone implants had a silicone oil. It was not as... It, not as firm. It wasn't cross-linked. So when they did leak, they were a little bit tougher to deal with. They would create more local problems. Um So they were effectively taken off the market in the early 90s and then replaced to the market or reintroduced to the market after a number of upgrades. So there were evolutionary changes Mm -hmm. in the implants when they were reapproved for widespread use in November of 2006. But that said, any implant can leak. So there are advantages to the newer generation silicone implants because the gels are more gummy. Hence the gummy bear implant. That's exactly right. So the gummy bear implants have really been supplanted by something called a gummy implant. And there are different degrees of gumminess to any implant. You can have a lot of cross-linking, which makes the gel more firm. That's called very gummy. You can have less (laughs) cross-linking, which makes it more soft, which is less gummy. And would you feel that difference if you felt the breast after the augmentation? There are a variety of... of, um, you know, of choices that are more appropriate um, to the plastic surgeon, to the practitioner, than to the than to the person. So sometimes it has to do with how much upper pole fullness we're looking to achieve. Um, in someone who has a thicker skin or soft tissue envelope compared to thinner, meaning someone who's extremely th- slim or thin might show a ripple or a fold or an edge of an implant, you might need something a little firmer so it may ripple less. So those are some of the things that factor into hmm. the choices. I didn't even think about skin type. Yeah, it is. It, uh, there there are so weight. many different nuances because if you take 10 women who are an A cup, 
there are going to be so many differences between each of those individuals, the areolar size, the density or the sponginess of the breast tissue, the distance from the nipple complex to the inframammary fold. Ooh, nipple complex. I've never yeah. heard that. That means nipple and areola. That's right. That's so, my new term. Yeah. I like it. Nipple, nipple complex. complex. My nipple complex. Yeah. So do you have like a wall of of implants and medical devices? Like, let, take me over to my wall and let's see which one fits you. Or like, how does that work? So the way it works in terms of how someone will choose an implant um, is it's, uh, there, there are a number of different, um, a number, number of different steps in the process. One of them is just what an individual articulates. Um, someone may say that I want to be a little bit fuller, but maintain natural, proportional, shapely, feminine, um, athletic, whatever have you. There may be another individual that says, I want to be unnatural. I want roundness. I want a lot of cleavage, et cetera. So that starts okay. the process. So they bring in photos. They do often. Um, the next part of the process is the clinical examination. So what we do is we take measurements and very, very careful measurements, and we tailor the um, the final procedure to the combination of what the individual's desires are, mm -hmm. what they articulate, um, and what I find on clinical examination. Are there any trends that you're seeing now? And it, I think the word trends is a bit flippant for like such a big procedure, like we're talking about a medical procedure. But are you seeing anything like, eh, you know, people want smaller boobs now or they're going back to the big ones? You've yeah. been doing this, what, 30 years? Not quite 30. Okay. Um, I was trying to do the yeah. math from your New York Times wedding. <laughs> so that's um, it. Announcement. So. <laughs> like truly, I was... I, that's what I found on you with your age, and it was yeah, the only thing. Sorry so if I, I added wrong. I graduated from medical school in 1990, and I trained for 10 years. So I started my practice in 2000. P.S. Um, he graduated from medical school when he was 23. Are you hmm. joking? He got into medical no. school when he was 17. I no, no, I did a that's combined a biomedical Yeah. Okay, so back, so back <laughs> to the trends. The, so in, in the years you've been practicing, Dr. Colbert, yes. um, yeah, what has, what has changed? Yeah. So- there really has been a trend that I've seen over the last few years, certainly, and it really can be distilled to one word, and it's natural. Mm. Um, I think that there was a time where people would seek breast augmentation or enhancement that tended to leave the realm of natural and proportional. And one of the things, and it also, what, as, as a side note, it's also regional, meaning that there are um, places in the world and regions within the United States that may different, uh, differ in terms of um, you know, a particular aesthetic or a particular trend. Um, but one of the things that I've been seeing um, uh, in particular is a trend towards natural, which does mean more conservatively sized implants, something that fits the frame naturally, that's proportional. Um, and one of the other things to, to note as well is it's incredibly important to note that implants and breast augmentation, this is not a, a one-time-in-your-life process. It's not a one-time procedure. Implants are not lifetime devices. Mm. At some point, they can be expected um, to need to be changed. And that time is usually 10 to 20 years. Um, how would you know? Like, say you got them 15 years ago. How do you know it's time? That's an excellent question. So there are the two main types of implants, which are saline implants and silicone implants. Saline makes it very, very obvious. Because one day you'll look down and your B cup or C cup breast is now an A cup and you'll know that Whoa. your implant's deflated. Oh. Um, 
And so they has it happen mostly at the same time, or one could just go. It's rare that it happens at the same oh time. My, oh my gosh! <laughs> so you have some money saved it's, away. It's it's not an emergency, but it may be sort of a cosmetic or yeah. a, you know a social emergency. But it medically, it's little, not. No, it's not. You could walk around with your deflated. That's for a exactly while. right. Okay. So yeah. with a saline <laughs> implant, it's saline water, which is the same fluid that um, that you would find in intravenous fluids. So okay. when that saline, so you're just really hydrated, but your boobs it. look <laughs> deflated. That's it. Um, it's different with a silicone implant. So with a silicone gel implant, they're not going to tell you when they leak. Mm -hmm. So that's considered what uh, a silent leak or a silent rupture. Can you get hurt? So the short answer to that is no. Um, with silicone gel implants, the current recommendation is that all women who have silicone implants get an MRI at some point in the future to assess the integrity of the shell of the implant. So... The current recommendation by the FDA, which actually was, um, uh, which is consistent with the 2006 reapproval, is that the first MRI is done at three years and that an MRI is then done every two years thereafter. This is a huge number of MRIs and most women choose not to do this. Most plastic surgeons will recommend that you do an MR scan or an MRI every mm -hmm. five to seven years or okay. thereabouts. That's a, that's and a you got to factor like, um, that into the price if you're going to do this surgery, don't you? You do, and it's not that's correct, and it's not always covered by insurance. Occasionally, yeah. it is, but um, like thousands of dollars, like yeah, some of them. They can yeah. be, yeah, they can be. Wow. All right. So, um, as we're talking about, you know, like upkeep and maintenance, I have to tell you a story, Please. and it's a short story. I can't but wait. I, <laughs> but I had, and listeners of the podcast may know this because I talked about it like, like two years ago or something. But if you're just jumping in. I had a breast reduction when I was 20 years old. Now, my breasts before that were bad, okay? Like, I can say that they're my boobs. They were <laughs> bad because I started growing. It's really sad. And, like, I'm having a daughter and I'm for actually, you, like... For you, for you, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was sad for my parents, too, because they were, like, you know, I was, like, miserable. So when I was 10, it was, like, bam, C's. And by the time I was in middle school, they were D's. By the time I was in high school, I don't even know what size I was because they grew so fast and they became so, this is like gross to say this, but they were so pendulous. Like that's the, do the word the doctor used, pendulous. And I was like, that's the perfect word. Stretch marks, like it was, my, my mom had never seen my boobs until we went to the doctor and she like gasped and started to get tearful because it was that bad. Mm. So then he made me see. I was happy. I was literally skipping out of the office. I was like, I feel no pain because I was so hopped up on like, I don't have these things. Then about, I would say, but I was like 27 or 28. It was like a slow creep. They were huge again. Never the way they were, but they got like that. So I went to a bunch of different doctors. Not with a weight gain, but no, regardless yeah, it, of weight gain. Yeah, yeah it was like around the, the same weight. Yeah. I went to a few different doctors and like they had me take tests, like hormonal tests and like, just making sure there's nothing like wrong. And I went back to my original surgeon. I went to all these like, no offense, I went to all these fancy New York, you know, <laughs> doctors and they were like, we can fix that for you. $30,000. Not sure what's wrong. You should go get a, a you know, a, a MRI or CAT scan or something like that. It was very scary. I went back to my old doctor and he was like, here's what happened. He said that the hormonal tissue responded to like, I'm, I'm not saying this medical terms, he'd probably kill me if you heard me say this, like, but he said, when you cut the tissue out, some people, the hormones are like, oh, let's make more breast tissue. And like, it is possible for boobs to grow back. Have you ever seen this? 
And should I get a third one? <laughs> well, it, it depends on how comfortable you are with the second now. I know. The, I would, the second I loved, but now I'm pregant, yeah. so now my boobs so are... Let's wait and see what probably happens. probably yeah. a good idea to wait a little yeah, while yeah, yeah. before no, you make I, that final decision. I'm putting these boobs on ice for a bit. No question. Um, but um, what you described actually is pretty common. Um, wow. So when breast reduction is performed on someone that has not completed breast development in particular. That's frightening. I wasn't done. It's relatively common to actually need another surgery. In the group of women that require a secondary procedure after breast reduction, the highest number is in women who are done in a juvenile phase. And there actually is a condition called juvenile macromastia, which just means large breasts in a young woman. Yeah. And there are sometimes- Is where that what I had? It is. And it's it can be debilitating oh fi- physically and socially as well. Yeah, I had to get- Well, my insurance covered it the first time and I had to get- It took us two or three years to get covered. I mm. was 20 years old. I wanted to when I was in high school because it was, you know, I had to get like psychologist letters and- Because you were young. Yeah, 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 you know, and and eventually they covered it, and it was like you know really cheap compared to what it is now. But the second time they didn't cover it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, what you described in terms of of regrowth of breast tissue is the breast itself is made up of of different elements. Obviously, you have the skin and the nipple complex, which you yes, love my new favorite word. Outside, and then um, underneath the surface, you have a layer of subcutaneous tissue, which is a little bit of fat. And then the majority of the breast is made up of two things. One of them is breast gland, which is the milk producing tissue. It's called breast parenchyma. The other is breast fat. And breasts can change with hormonal stimulation. Clearly in pregnancy, they're going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, breasts can also change with significant changes in weight as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are really two things that may, um, uh, you know, that may result in the need for additional surgery at some point in the future. Um, and going back to the need for another breast reduction procedure, it's not that common. One thing that can happen um, in the future is with the majority of breast reductions, you're going to end up having a lift at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one thing that, that everybody nice. has to remember is that gravity always wins. So <laughs> even though you're getting smaller, um, once you put them where they want to be, um, if you think of someone who wears an amazing bra and sits on a couch for 10 years, and if they had a twin who had the same procedure and they marathon train without a bra at all, oh you're going to imagine something very different in 10 years is for running, sure. Is running like... Not bad for your breast, but could that lead to a more pendulous-looking breast because it, of all it, the impact? It could with enough really? breast size or the weight of the breast huh, is it, it unsupported. So as long as you're wearing a really good sport bra or something that's going to maintain the position of the breast while you run, it's absolutely fine to do it. What about people who say that they can keep their breasts high and perky by sleeping with a bra? Um, oh, I've heard that myth. Yeah. Or is no, it a myth? I've heard it too. I think it's a myth. Okay. Yeah. What about if I sleep upside down? Oh, that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> what if I did that? I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, so what about, there's lots of like minimally invasive breast augmentations I'm hearing about now, uh, you know, like with a cannula and then they firm up. Uh, do you or do even using like fillers. Yeah. Or yeah. Um, do they do this kind of stuff? Thermage so, and tightening radio yeah. frequency. So uh, you're onto it with the last one. So radio frequency is the one modality that shows a little bit of promise in terms of minimally invasive breast surgery. Um, if you think about the idea of a breast augmentation, there's really no way to increase the volume of the breast minimally invasively other than the fact that 
the vast majority of breast augmentations are minimally invasive. It's a very, very small access incision that gives you access to the space or the place where you're going to put the implant. But of course, it's an implant. And if you're talking about something that is going to tighten the skin or the soft tissue of the breast, um, there really isn't anything that's uh, A, approved, B, appropriate um, uh, from an external approach that's going to um, have an impact on the position of the nipple complex mm -hmm. um, or the tightness of the skin of the breast. Um, radiofrequency lipectomy or RFAL, radiofrequency assisted lipectomy, seems to have or seems to show a little bit of promise Lipectomy, there. is that when they put a needle and go deeper with the so radiofrequency? So it's done, correct. So okay. with radiofrequency placed on the inside, so RFAL, okay. radiofrequency-assisted lipectomy, what you can do is the same way you would do liposuction is you make a tiny access incision in the skin. It can often be done with an IV catheter or a cannula. Mm -hmm. And through that skin puncture site, you can place a, another cannula that has a radiofrequency emitter at the tip of it. Mm -hmm. And with the emitter... Um, releasing energy from the inside immediately underneath the skin and in the area where the supportive ligaments of the breast is, in theory, what you're going to do is you're going to create heat and that heat is going to be interpreted by the body as a thermal injury, almost like mm. a burn. So the body can uh, can respond to that by healing. So you're going to get- Pump out some growth factors, some good that's stuff. That's <laughs> what about so collagen? Get a little collagen going? Collagen comes up too. It all it all happens. But is, is this only good for people with like little boobs? Well, uh, so it's- <laughs> This doesn't it, seem if, like it's if not going to help If me. you really need a lift, yeah. it's not going to work. Yeah, this yeah. is for and like- This is, you know, and, and without getting anyone's hopes up too high, I'm going to say that the, that, that the sliver of the pie, that that's going to be appropriate- uh, four is is probably one percent. So it's in the it's in the low single digits. Save your money on the minimally invasive and builds up to doing. We want the hard stuff. So pregnant Jess is my favorite person. She's <laughs> just like, I'm give so it like yeah. I'm like I've got no patience. I'm pissed off. <laughs> my boobs are getting my pendulous. Boobs are <laughs> I know. Oh my god, it's like triggering. Okay, I, I okay. We'll get through this. Time. We're almost done. Okay. So all right, what can be done? Um, this is another. I'm asking for a friend. What can be done for stretch marks on the boobs? So unfortunately, tell your friend there's not a ton that you can do. There are oh. a few. There are a few things in the. the she says why. So, so tell tell her that stretch marks are are obvious for two reasons. One is the coloration of them, and the other is the thinning of the dermis. Where if you really look closely, you'll see both of those. That there's a little bit of a you don't have to look closely. <laughs> you can see it from here. I can't see it from here. But, um, but yeah, those are really the two things. So the coloration may respond to some energy modalities. There are certain lasers that will target red if there's a little bit of pinkness or redness within the stretch mark. Um, there are some other treatments, and we had just touched on radiofrequency, that occasionally radiofrequency microneedling will have a small improvement uh, or, or result in a small improvement of stretch marks, but, but really but, very, very, very little. And not topical products. That No, there's no topical mm. product. But one thing that actually does help is stretch marks can often become more obvious um, when there's deflation as well. Mm -hmm. So most often what people see, whether it's due to significant size changes with hormonal, um, you know, with hormonal change, um, certainly pregnancy related changes with weight changes where someone will increase in weight and then lose a ton of weight. Um, there are going to be deflational changes to the breast. We call those either postpartum or post weight loss associated, um, uh, hypoplasia of the breast, meaning that the size of the of the gland will decrease or the amount of fat will decrease. 
but the skin still remains stretched. What about like how how it's like ridgy? Like if you touch the skin, it's like ridges. Mm. Creepy. Like, creepy. creepy. Like your nails can almost like. And you're talking about the stretch mark areas. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, is there anything you can do? For, it's like divoted. Yeah. So, you know, the way to think about it is when you take silly putty and you stretch it, yeah. there is a point at which it kind of really thins right yeah, before yeah, it yeah. breaks. It's like holes. And the same thing happens to the collagen and elastin within the mm. skin. Because if you really look carefully at the skin and you kind of look at the thicker side of the of the stretch mark and then you look at the central portion of yeah. it, you're going to see varying amounts uh, of collagen within those areas. So it actually thins. Um, and as I was mentioning before, one of the ways to improve that is some uh, women will uh, benefit from a lift and a slight enhancement of the breast volume, meaning putting something in there Got to fill it. it out. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Um, last question, which I think is what we're all sort of getting at here. Maybe just to, but like, <laughs> just is on the table. <laughs> if, if you had a friend and she just wanted to keep her breasts looking by what standard term is called youthful, which I don't want to say what that looks like, but you know, like it, like they looked when she left high school. I don't know how to say this without being. How do you keep your boobs perky? Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything? How that do you keep them looking nice? We're not going to yeah. run marathons anymore because if you have large breasts and you're running a marathon, that's probably not going to help. But is there anything else that people can do? Um, any kind of bras to wear, or topical products that can help like maintain what a breast looks like throughout age? So bras to wear, yes, and anything that's comfortable <laughs> and supportive really is the most important thing that you can do to maintain breast position over time. Um, the other thing is there. There really is very little way to control the changes that are going to be associated with pregnancy or hormonal changes, but maintaining a relatively consistent weight is mm. also pretty important too. Um, good clean living really is the solution for anything from head to toe, particularly with the breast, but um, um, getting rest, drinking fluids, eating a good healthy diet, um, maintaining weight, exercise, that really is going to have a, a positive impact everywhere. Um, but um, What about like doing push-ups? You know how like when if you're, oh. people wanted their boobs to grow when they were younger and they're like, you must increase your bust and do like weird chest exercises? Or my trainer said like the inner bra and I was like, nothing's helping. Yeah. Oh, like to, to tighten yeah. up the, the yeah, pectoral like, muscles yeah, even? Yeah, like you bring your, your arms, your yeah. forearms does that, forward. Uh, does that do anything? They're great for you, but they're not going to have any impact okay. on your breasts. We should be exercising, but not yeah, for that particular purpose. This has been so enlightening. This is, Jess, did uh, you yeah. get everything you needed out of this Absolutely conversation? Absolutely not. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but this has been fantastic, and I feel very, uh, very much more informed than I was. I'm so glad. Thank you. It's such a pleasure. Thank you. Pleasure. It's time to raise a wand. A, raising a wand to you for being so open about your issues. Oh, with Dr. thank Col you. Colker. Thanks. I could talk about um, boobs all day. It's It's kind of an obsession. Yeah, I but I feel like we got a lot of information. Thank out you. There. What um, product are you raising a lot? I'd love to. to hear your boob stories too, guys. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> that right. sounded crazy. I mean, <laughs> weird. Tell us about your boobs. You know, I'm just saying I'm here for you. Okay, okay. poor man too. I kept saying nipple complex, and then I made him say it weird and whatever. It's oh, fine. God, he was such a doll. Okay. okay, I am very wary of any time a brand comes out with stick foundation. I get a visceral reaction where it's like nails on a chalkboard because I feel like a lot of them are very chalky. I knew you were going to say chalky. Yes, yes, yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's chalkboard chalky. It's the old ones were. Yes. But even some of the new ones, especially some of the, like, you know, God forgive me, some of the cleaner formulas, it's like, uh, uh, like And in like, order to get it to stay in a stick, you feel like they took out every moisturizing thing that was in there. That's, yes. I didn't even think about, like, the, the logical reason. You're right. That's it's not exactly like your why. husband's a cosmetic chemist or anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just make me pretty. Okay. So, so, but there is one that I really like. 
Are we also allowed them like too heavy too? Like, yes. like I, you know, when I was pancake, into, I was into foundation sticks in like 1998, where I look like Twilight in every photo. Yeah, yeah, it's not that good. Was the look. It, it it really was a look, guys. Okay, I have to tell to the, the young people that like there's a reason why my brows look like sperm and <laughs> I look like I'm in a kabuki theater. Okay, so <laughs> and I thought I was like so hot, <laughs> it's so funny, <laughs> like some like, black lipstick. <laughs> tell me about the okay. <laughs> so Christopher Buckle makes a foundation stick. It's twenty two dollars, which I think is great for like what I think is like a very it's a very high quality product. It's called Triplicity, and it's a three in one, which I love. I feel like I'm on HSN right now. Uh-huh, it's a three in one. It's a it prime skin. It has like a little core like that, like it helps oh, prime. Okay. It gives you buildable coverage, so you don't don't like you know use it like a sidewalk chalk all over your face. Just like <laughs> dab 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 and then blend, and it really does. It, it says it has a soft focus blurring effect. Damn, it does. Maybe that's what the inner core does. But there's like a silicone-y looking core in the middle. But it also gives them probably a little slip and moisture it, There's to a it. lot of slip. Like, honestly, if you keep it in a hot environment, it will melt. Okay, good tip. Um, good tip. But like I... 22 bucks is 22 bucks for like a Christopher Buckle product. And I think his products are, are amazing for the price. Yeah. And it's good. I actually used it on vacation for travel because it doubles as a concealer use you know you can use it as like a full foundation and it's just very handy you can chuck it in your bag love it i love it okay i'm not raising a wand to a beauty product i'm raising a wand to a book mm. listen girls and boys this woman does not need a raise a wand but she deserves one the book is called nothing fancy and it's oh from, it's from my dear friend allison roman so Allison actually baked my wedding cake. And if you you follow Allison Roman on Instagram, first of all, if you don't, you should. She's like the real girl's Martha Stewart. She like keeps it real with her recipes. Everything you make of hers from her New York Times recipes Mm -hmm. and from her last book, Dining In, it all tastes amazing. Every time you see on my Instagram something amazing and Jess like DMs me is like, what did you make? It looks oh, so yeah, good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vegetable heavy. She's like, if you're a vegetarian, there's recipes for you. But you know, I didn't get it like over the win- last winter. Remember I posted on my Instagram like this chickpea thing and you said you made hashtag oh, the, the stew. stew. The stew. If you guys I haven't heard about know. the stew. Oh, it was a thing. Jeff Jeff made it. He's like the cook. But yeah, the stew is a it thing. It was a New York Times recipe with like coconut and turmeric It's so oh. del- and chickpeas. It's so delicious. So her new book just came out. I am so, so proud of her. I got to see like the making of this whole book because like she does it with her friends. I actually weighed in on the cover photo even. Okay. Um, But she just made New York Times bestseller list. Mazel. Which is a huge deal for a cookbook. I'm really proud of her. I have a question for you. It's wonderful. Go ahead. What's your favorite recipe Okay, for our I, listeners? That's so funny. I just made one, and she inspired me. It was—I haven't made them all yet, but so far, I made—I um, think it's tomatoey white beans with—I uh, forget what the rest of it is. I never have made white beans. She treats them like pasta— so okay. you like almost make it as if the white beans are the pasta and yeah. then it has like a tomato sauce with like this preserved lemon and then toasted breadcrumbs on top. Uh, but you're so much healthier than eating a plate of spaghetti with tomato sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm not fiber. saying healthy is not her thing, but they're really vegetable centric recipes and they always have like a little kick of spice or something. So she does do a look, lot of veggie heavy stuff right here. I um, was going to ask. So Jen has this Tupperware that's peeking out of her tote bag and yes. I, on the subway, I was looking at it like, what is that? That's, that's, an, really that's the leftovers of an Allison Roman recipe. So any. Anyway, if you're having people over for the holidays or if you're not, this will help you do it in a way that's not like bullshit because she's awesome. Go get nothing fancy. 
Thanks for listening. Fat Mascara is produced by our friends at Atwell Media. You can check out our website, fatmascara.com, for episode recaps, product recommendations, and discount codes. And if you want to reach us directly, email us at info at fatmascara.com, or you can follow us on social at fatmascara, shoot us a DM, and we'd love if you went over to iTunes and threw us a rating. How many stars? Five. Five, please. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Oh, yeah.